It's the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Baby sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know let you find And she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind And now I want you every day, day closer I'm on, I've been making you closer Oh, here I am back for another week. Ah, oh, I procrastinated so much in the lead up to recording this episode. I'm just, I keep saying it. I think that that will be just my new phrase, my new motto. I, I ain't got it. I ain't got it. I'm depleted of all that makes up who I am. And I feel like Maybe I'm just one of those people that when I'm going through it, especially is when I drop the cutest looks, like the number of people who are like, where did you get that from? Where'd you get that from? I feel like I'm fully in my bag. (laughs) I feel like I'm fully in my bag when I'm on the ropes. (laughs) I'm laughing, but it's not funny. (laughs) It's actually not. Um, But anyway, you're like, who am I listening to having a nervous breakdown? It is me, Kalechi. And a blood clot place to be And you are listening to SYM Officially known as Say Your Mind Unofficially known as What What That's right, suck your mum And my god, what an amazing live show we had What an amazing live show Um, I'm glad that you all enjoyed it I didn't, I didn't I didn't, I feel like there was so much fuckery happening in the lead up to it Some fuckery actually even happened Um Some fuckery actually even happened at the event Sorry, this person's just texted me, right? And usually my phone is on silent And of course this podcast has my 100% attention Um, But I want them to ask their mum for their birth time Ask her for your birth time I'm that that girl, I'm that kind of girl I'm that kind of girl Um, Yeah, I had to remind them Anyway, um yeah, I just, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I just didn't enjoy it. Too much fuckery beforehand, too much fuckery during. Um, It just shows me that I just need to prioritize myself. I feel like you can't be resentful when people are draining you of energy or you feel like external forces are draining you of your energy if you're not doing the internal work of... um keeping your spiritual hygiene high. And I, t- I feel like that's probably one thing I've been slacking on, but you know, I've picked it up in the, in the past few days to kind of get myself back up again. Um, lots of candle magic and I need to have more salt baths, but I haven't really had the time, but um, yeah, not that I haven't been bathing. Cause I feel like I need to clarify that. Cause I'm not like some of you man who've just discovered washing your legs. Like I'm just saying that I haven't had time for us like a, Spiritual salt, salt bath and doing all of them things So FYI I just felt like I should make that clear um, But I, I'm proud of myself For the fact that I hit every fucking mark for that show Like I did everything in terms of how I wanted the show to go That was great But I do want to feel something I want to feel something I want to feel Like I did feel obviously rather emotional When my mum came on stage and that And it was great for her to be able to experience that And I think a lot of my friends and family, like my brother, 
one of my brothers who has, hasn't actually gotten to experience what I do um, because of the judicial system in this fucking country, but he got to come through for the first time and see it. And I just loved that for him. I just loved how like amazing he thought it was. And um, yeah, that meant the world to me for my family and my friends from long ago to be able to see me do my thing. Yeah, that was beautiful, but I want to be able to yeah, I just wanted to be able to enjoy it. I don't know what was up. What I do, like, what what did we have that day? Was it a full moon? I think it was a full moon we had on that Sunday. I did, like, as much as my makeup was impeccable, my hair was gorgeous. I didn't like anything. I didn't, like, my my outfit was beautiful. Still, I it was just, I knew that it was an internal thing, so I wouldn't dare to make it, like, oh, it's somebody else's fault or thing. No, everyone did exactly what they needed to do. Like the entire team was freaking fantastic. I just didn't feel kind of like aligned in myself, but, um, I shall be, I shall be. That's the whole point of this journey, isn't it? To, to get yourself where you need to be. But for 1,300 people to show up for me, that's a madness. That is a madness Because I remember When I was doing Saddlers um, Not Saddlers Bloomsbury And being like Oh 550 capacity Let's see if it sells And that went like That went like that Boom It was gone And I just didn't I thought that Ooh Double is pushing it But let's see But I've gone over double So if we now say That the next live show Will not be Until I'm aiming for September 16th 2023 That will be the next live show So that's Saturday September 16th 2023 um, inshallah, like that will be the next live show. I do not plan on doing a, a like a live show of that magnitude um, before then, because that also coincides with the publication of my first book. Boy, boy, I'm really, really out here. My first book, a short story collection called Edge of Here, not the, just Edge of Here. Um, Big up yourself, Sarita Domingo, who is my editor. And that's the person who acquired the book um, preemptively because she was just like, well, Colette, she's a baby girl. I'm a baby girl. Like, let's do this, innit? And, you know, it really worked with my generator energy because, um, yeah, it worked with my generator energy because she gave me something to respond to the same way that I wrote The Watchers because she reached out to me and gave me something to respond to. So um, our dynamic works. And I love that for us. Um, I'm glad to have her as uh, as an editor. So yeah, Edge of Here is a collection of short stories. Uh, the protagonists are all black women. Um, they're not perfect, you know, a little bit messy, a couple of them. But I'm just looking at what life looks like on the edge of where we currently are Because that's how I feel like That's where I sit, you know Like the otherworldly The metaphysical influences That we have in our day-to-day lives I believe that there are like These um, people walking among us In terms of the, that have these um, Ancestral powers and things like that That they are either aware of Or unaware of And, you know, I just wanted to focus on that And the short story collection Isn't about trauma You know, like I'm not putting black women through any sort of fuckery. You know, it's about looking at the fuckery that already exists and looking at how they use technology or how they use um, celestial or ancestral powers um, to navigate that. So, you know, that's what I'm bringing to the table. Like some of them are just like 
as you'd say, everyday women, everyday black women, but extraordinary things are happening. Um, and thus they are extraordinary because they are managing to live through it, which is why I feel like I see in day-to-day life. And I'm just kind of like turning up the volume on that. So the stories are sick. Like I'm so proud of each of them, like in terms of what they're about. I mean, I need to finish uh, a couple of them, but you know, they're in my head. Um, I'm really, really proud of the stories because it just gives us something else to focus on and focus on rather than who's paying for dates and, um, should you be taken seriously if you sleep with someone after the first night or where I want to get down but not the first night I should make a move but I won't do it and you know you probably figure something is wrong nobody to harmonize with me but if I do it then it won't be right I want to get down but not the first big up yourself Monica big tune big tune big tune anyway as I was saying, it's not those kind of asinine conversations. It's just really, really cool stories. And yeah, um, I can't wait for it to be out in the world. So it'll be out September 14th. I saw one of you already arguing with Amazon saying that your delivery hasn't come because you ordered my book and it was due for delivery September 14th. And I watched Amazon go back and forth with you. And I don't know if they had the heart to tell you that it's September 14th, 2023, especially since you placed the order on September 24th. So I don't know what kind of try time traveling you were expecting to happen but baby let's just slow down um so yeah that book will be out and so that will be for me that will then be the next live show will be in um you know in honor if we want to call it that of the book and so you know, the same way that I utilize Sally at this live show I want to do something really cool when it comes to the next live show like I really want it to be like an experience so we'll see how I go about doing that but God bless and keep us all until then I pray for long life and amazing health for us or everybody that's listening unless you're an op you can get in the ground immediately um but yeah I'm very much looking forward to that saying that though I am really considering how I go about uh, looking after my energy So even though I'm not doing a show Of that magnitude until next year, September I will now be doing like little pop-up shows Like I'm talking tiny Like maybe 100 people 150 tops Like tiny shows dotted around This country and maybe Another country, of course, is the US of A But just doing the tiny shows I wouldn't call it a tour, baby I wouldn't call it a tour But, you know, just popping up Popping up here and there um, So the first show I'm aiming for Is going to be in Manchester um, Before the end of the year So the Londoners who want to take a road trip We're looking um, at December, early December For a cute, cute vibe in Manchester I, Like I said, I don't like talking at people So I enjoy when I have um, the audience come up on stage So we're going back to the roots of, you know, the live shows Where you're coming up for a minute to talk about whatever is your, on your mind Within the, whichever segment I call you um, up for So, you know, smaller but great conversation, great laughs That's what I'm aiming for I want to actually be in conversation with people I want to hear what your ideas are, what you're thinking And, you know, I love that when... um you know, Lorraine came up and said that, um, said that we are all near long, you know, like, because people saying, oh my God, near long got cheated on Beyonce, you know, even Beyonce got cheated on. I was like, what's, I'm no disrespect, but what's my fucking business about what, what them man have got going on? You know, like 
we can't base our worth and the things that we tolerate in our lives because some women that we don't know personally, however beautiful they might be, um, we're basing how they do the people that they choose and how they interact with their relationships on what that means for us. No. No, I mean, I get that there's some kind of abstract point that can be made from the things that they're going through, but I don't look at them and go, oh my God, if it's happening to them, that means that no, it doesn't mean anything for me, G. It doesn't mean anything for me. So I like that. I want to, I, I don't necessarily want to call it debate, but I want to have conversations, you know? So, and I, and I know that there are smart as fuck people that listen to this podcast and I would love to also learn from you all. So yeah, that's, that's kind of like the mood for it. So for some of you lot from London, you might be taking a road trip thing. And for the ones who have been shouting up and down, and I swear the fuck down, I swear down, you lot who are in Manchester, Birmingham, if I do not see you at that place after you've been messaging me down about our Kalechi, why, or Kalechi, what, I don't even know the accent anymore, but you're like, why aren't you coming up here? Why aren't, why aren't you coming up here? If I'm there and you give me any sort of story when I get there about, oh, I couldn't get tickets because rare, rare, rare. <laughs> the email that I'll send you back, the email that I'll send you back, let us all respect ourselves. Please let us all be guided, you know? So yeah, smaller shows so we can actually talk and catch a vibe. Um, of course, if you've got it, give me a look, give me a cute look. Big up yourself, Dr. Kayode. You came with three different looks to the live show. Me, I could only do two. Me, the, 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 the main attraction, I could only manage two looks. And even then I was struggling. But you, you came with three impeccable looks. Omar, I salute you. I salute you. I dare heal you. You really did what needed to be done. And big up yourself, Craig, you cutie. Um, Daniela, my darling, you are the absolute star. Absolute star. Daniela Dampty, um, loved you coming on to <laughs> my correspondent on the ground. The pressure is getting a wassa to tell us about Adam Levine. You really did that. Like absolutely, absolutely wonderful um, audience members that came up and shared a vibe with us, especially Craig and Coyote, like I was saying, because you were helping me to sing my Kalechi mix of Have You Ever. And um, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, now I, sh- I think I should actually just thank everybody that was part of the live show, you know, before I forget and anybody cries again. Um, let's see. Um, I'm so blessed to know Annie because ooh, Annie, you're the real MVP. You are the real MVP because the way that you got things in order for me, like I just go through my emails and like Annie's just sent me things. Read this do this. And it helps. It helps because then I could just run my mouth and then everything else is where it needs to be. Um, where's the list that Annie gave me? Cause I just want to make sure that I've got everybody here. Um, let's see. I think it might be this one. Annie's probably listening to this. Like I sent it to you and well, find it. Um, what's this? A debrief. Okay. I don't care about that. Um, it's here somewhere. I just want to thank everybody. I want to thank everybody that helped me with the show. Let me see. Can I start here? Well, well, let me first say thank you to all of the volunteers who helped to come and pack the merch um, in the uh, in the days or so leading up to the live show. I really, really appreciated that. That oh, I can't tell you how much it helped to just know that um, we got that 
out of the way And if you are willing to or you want to I will also be Packing the affirmation cards So for To send out So the affirmation cards The dickhead in recovery Affirmation cards Come out on my birthday Wednesday 5th of October Patrons um, You'll have early access To when they come out So keep an eye on um, Keep an eye out On your inboxes For when that will be And everybody else I would say that 10am yeah, from 10 a.m. on the on Wednesday, 5th of October, you'll be able to order your Dickhead in Recovery affirmation cards. They're absolutely stunning. Um, I was doing a reading for some of you on Insta Live the other day as well. Um, I've taken some time to like prepare them, get them like um blessed and stuff for you. So we'll be packing them and I definitely will be doing a vibe check because you know these affirmation cards are going out to people and you can't have higgy energy on them so yeah I'll be packing possibly on Saturday the 8th um so yeah um well I'll put it out on my Patreon for the patrons who want to come through if they want to help in that way but um yeah or not just order your thing it is what it is um yeah but as for the live show I just wanted to say thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody. Like I said, Annie, already Annie, you brilliant, brilliant. You are the MVP. Like your sense of organization is unlike anything I've ever seen. So thank you so much. And of course, um, I've got to big up man like Shayo. Fola Shayo. Thank you so much for making this show happen with me. Um, like it really, it literally would not be possible. Literally would not be possible um, without your energy. And I truly greatly appreciate your dedication. I appreciate your commitment. I appreciate your impeccable negotiation skills in making so many of these things happen. Um, thank you so much for literally, thank you for absolutely everything in terms of this show. You did that. Um, Alicia and Essie, thank you so much for being part of the core group um, that helped me to make this show a thing um, For really trying to just keep me calm And make sure that everything ran the way it needed to uh, I can't thank you enough uh, Rotting my makeup artist You baby girl That's Runt M-U-A um, That's R-A-N-T-S-M-U-A Thank you um, for that Thank you, thank you, thank you For beating my face For always showing up And being so dedicated I appreciate you Maya, Maya Scarlett For making my beautiful purple outfit You know the second outfit that I came out in The one that absolutely stunned everyone With my beautiful bra um, And my bolero That was Maya So that's M-A-Y-A S-C-A-R-L-E-T-T-E E underscore Thank you for making me Such a beautiful outfit Shaniqua Did my her Shaniqua the baby girl Thank you um, So that's Shaniqua Brown C-H-A-N-I-Q-W-A-A-B-R-O-W-N Thank you for that And my security As you would have all seen On the day Angel He did not play about me I, I, I've I never had Close body protection before And now I'm just like Oh I feel like I need to have Close body, uh, close body protection All the time Just because of how Amazing Angel is It was it was so brilliant. I think it really helped to kind of keep my um, anxiety down as well, just to get through the event. Um, thank you. And uh, Jonathan, thank you. Sadiq, Dakwa Dare, thank you. Kojo, the photographer, you are absolutely amazing. Thank you, Kojo. I'm going to be posting the picture shortly. I haven't actually posted anything. I posted a reel when I went to 
watch Jungle, that series, that new series on Amazon Prime. I posted a reel from when I went to that premiere and well, that's all I'll say about that. Um, but I haven't actually posted anything about from the live show. Um, Brent, my baby boy of baby boys forever. I absolutely adore you. Thank you for showing up for me every single time from the beginning. Like we've been at this from the beginning, Brent, like my podcast literally would not exist if it wasn't for you. So thank you, Brent, for everything. Um, Esme, thank you for doing the artwork for the live show, for doing the Say Your Mind, you know, the 90 star Say Your Mind logo that we had. That was Esme's work and that's E-S-M-E-E underscore W-A. Thank you for doing that and for the portrait that was on the stage. Shay Universe, your voice is out of this world. I just knew from the moment I heard you at the um, event that uh, Brent had at the NED uh, with the new black, I was like, yeah, that, that woman... I love her. I absolutely love her. So thank you for blessing us with your voice. It's uh, you're just amazing. Aloni, my baby girl, thank you for being part of the show. Congratulations on the publication of the big O. Like you are just gorgeous and you you were really serving SWV. I loved it so much. Quajo, baby boy. Um I appreciate you. I appreciate you, especially when we were doing our national anthem as well. May you go from strength to strength and win all of the awards for all the work that you've been doing. Grace Buckle, who was one of our uh, British Sign Language um, interpreters, thank you for being a part of the day and and helping us to make it um, as accessible as possible for people. And I feel like, and also Ali Gordon, who was the other sign language, um, a, a British Sign Language BSL interpreter, um, Thank you, because I feel like this is what needs to be done, you know, going forward. And I'm always learning in terms of how to make things more accessible. And again, thank you to Annie for highlighting it and being like, this is what we should be doing. It should be the bare minimum, um, especially when, you know, some people are asking about it on Twitter as well. Like, will it be, uh, will it be available? And I'm happy to pay more to have those things in place and have these um you know, have these things in place to ensure that as many people can have the experience as possible. So thank you to Grace and Ali. Um, uh, Bridget, Melanie, Zoe, Chantelle, Kareen, Chantelle, again, so that's, that's Chantelle McGrath and Chantelle Martin, Maria, Nikki, Karen, Lizzie, Denise. Thank you so much for volunteering and helping throughout the weekend because, again, the extra hands really meant that everything moved so smoothly. I really appreciate it. Um Afrinape, always coming through with gorgeous food. I love working with you. So thank you for showing people why I love working with you so much. You never, ever let me down. Your food always slaps. That's Afrinape, A-F-R-I-N-A-P-E. Thank you for that. Janelle from Fly360 Booth, thank you for bringing through the uh, 360 camera. All of you were whining your waist um, on that little podium thing. And I've seen all the footage and you'll look gorgeous. Um, uh, yes, uh, thank you to Barbeline who loaned us a, um, a beautiful chair. I didn't end up using the chair because then I was low, lower than everybody else, but we used the table and we made a tablecloth from one of the textiles and it was just absolutely beautiful. So thank you, Barbeline. And of course, my, my accountants also helped as well. Um, double point accountancy. Um, you could check them out. Like I swear by them. They're just incredible um, as accountants, that's um, Tosin and Andrew. They're just uh, brilliant. Um, and um, House of Adua was one of the sponsors as well. Nadra Safiri 
was one of the sponsors. So House of Adua's Adua Skincare. Thank you, Landray, for being a sponsor of the live show. Nadra Safiri, thank you for being a sponsor of the live show. And Brixton Vintage Kilo Sales, thank you. They loaned me two gorgeous jackets. Um, I didn't get to wear them, but I've asked them if I can actually just um, have them. And um, you'll be seeing me in them because there's one especially that I think is super cute. And Page and Bloom, they made the lovely flowers. They're Page and Bloom. They made the lovely flowers um, made from paper. Um, They work with people who have experienced um, domestic violence, I believe. Um, And you know, they just try to make sure that they're paid fairly and they can support them. And they do that through creating these incredible bouquet of flowers that are made from paper. So, you know, they're sustainable um, and environmentally friendly. So yeah, um, I think that's everyone this time. I hope, I hope. Um, but yeah, I got through everyone. I just wanted to get that out of the way and thank everybody until, you know, I actually proposed. And thank you to everyone who came through. Thank you to all of you who actually came through to come and watch all of the things. I appreciate you. And I hope that I see you at the smaller shows before we do the bigger show next year, September. Anyway, let's get to the tarot because I've really been talking like what a talker. Let me pick someone at random. Let me see what I've got in the inbox. Ooh, ooh, ah, uh, just a little bit. Ooh, ah, uh, a little bit more. Ooh, ah, uh, just a little bit. You know what I'm looking for? I don't even know if that's how it goes, because sometimes I just lose track. Hi, Kalechi. I've just randomly picked this one. Don't know what it's about. Hi, Kalechi. I hope you're doing well and you're looking after yourself during your well-deserved break. Thank you for always showing up for us as Black women. But thank you for always showing how important it is to establish boundaries when it comes to protecting yourself. Also, thank you for um, your enlightening podcast and for cussing out these wayward people because it really gets me through my long night shifts. I never really do things like this because I'm quite shy and um, an introverted person, but unfortunately I have reached burnout at the age of 22. This whole year has been filled with lots of unhappiness for me as it began with losing my grandmother who fought a long battle. In fact, since 2017, I've lost many family members and I've always been um, someone who has been able to control my emotions. I'm not very good at expressing feelings, but now I feel so alone and cry almost every day. This year, I, I started to get tarot readings regarding all areas of my life and getting into manifesting and connecting with spirit, but nothing has happened. And I know I shouldn't do things in order to look for results, but I'm holding on to what it feels like. But um, I'm holding on to what I feel like is false hope and I'm fighting a silent battle every day. It's been difficult to write this email, but I wanted to know if you and spirit could offer any advice for my life, please. Will I experience any happiness in my life before this year is over, whether that is in my love life, career or generally? The readings I've had before have said that I shouldn't worry or stress about love. A Pisces keeps coming up who who I had a very casual relationship with all my career as my guides have got me, but I've never felt so alone and I'm not sure why every time I experience a sliver of joy is taken away from me so rapidly. I should also mention that I'm doing a short course of CBT and looking into other options too in order to better my mental health also. I'm a Scorpio sun, but but uh, Gemini rising and Leo moon and will attach the rest of my chart below. Thank you so much, Kalechi, for everything you do once again and for taking the time to read this long email. Sorry if it's um, if it is lucky enough to be read, but I wish you nothing but the best for all of eternity. Oh, and I'm sending you all the love in the world. Kind regards, a baby girl. Okay, let's get into it. Um, OK, 
Okay, you've got your sun in the sixth house. Interessante, um, moon in the fourth. Mercury in the sixth. Venus in the fifth. Mm, nice. Mars in the eighth. Ooh, okay. Gemini in the seventh. Oh, Jupiter in the seventh. That's beautiful. Set, no, not in the seventh. In the Jupiter in the... 12th sorry I said 7th um oh you've got Jupiter in 12th like me hey um Saturn in the 12th ah okay um Uranus in the 10th okay Neptune all right okay just looking through this Gemini ascendant yeah see there's just been a lot of um there's been a lot going on there's been a lot happening for you and uh if we say that libra is your sixth house and that's where you're well no what's it saying here let's see it's saying that yeah you're, you're saying it says here that libra is it right that's why when you don't do whole signs this thing just moves things around but let's go with it anyway because that would mean that uh scorpio is like your seventh um when you've got so much going on that it seems like there's a lot of activity basically um around your health, your day-to-day um, life. And Mercury, for some reason, has been getting um, quite a hit in your chart. If that's six, your first house Gemini was in Gemini. What do we have? What's in Gemini? Um, that'd be the first. I'm just looking. It just seems like I've, I'd prefer to see the chart in a circle, but it just seems like you're taking a hit in terms of who you are and how you um, communicate who you are. And all of this is happening in an area that would say it's like your day to day life as well as like your your health, your literal health. So it's not surprising that like at the age of 22, you're kind of thinking, who are you? Who, like, what am I meant to be doing? I Before I even pull the cards, I just want to offer you something that I think is important. You know, like we talk about time not being linear. 22 is around the age that I was when I started to feel exactly like you're feeling or similar to how you're feeling, where I was deeply unhappy and very, very lonely. And I didn't know when things were going to get better. So if I can offer you anything, please take me as an example. Like things do get better. I know that I was saying earlier on, like um, when I started recording this, that I ain't got it, I ain't got it. But babe, I've got quite, I've got a lot. I've got a lot. I've been blessed in so many ways. And my 22 year old self, I would love for her to see me now. And I thank her for, for pushing through because if she didn't push through, if she didn't try and get on the NHS, um, you know, talking therapy, uh, waiting list so she could start speaking to somebody, like I wouldn't be here doing what I'm doing now. I promise you it gets better. Please just like believe that. And I'm, and in a weird way, in like almost a fucked up way I'm kind of glad that this is happening now not your loss of course and I'm sorry that you've you know your grandmother that's going to sound like that skit but I'm basically I'm sorry that your you know your grandmother passed away and that you've experienced you know different types of loss over the past few years um emperor in reverse that you've experienced uh so uh different types of loss over the past few years um that's not great this loneliness that you feel though, and all of these difficult, challenging um, experiences that you're having now, I hope that through being able to, you know, work through them or find a way to um, show compassion to yourself as you navigate them, that the kind of person that you see yourself to be 
um, going forward and the life that you're able to have going forward is one that pleases you. These times in our life aren't easy. They're, they feel absolutely fucked, you know, but I look at my life now in the way, um, in comparison to where I was at 22 and, you know, I'll take where I am now any day, you know, any day. And that's what I pray and um, wish for you that it's happening now. And you've reached out to me now where you are. I didn't have a me to reach out to, you know, when I was going through things, I didn't have a me to reach out to. I was just lost, like lost and very alone and like very angry and like depressed. And I just had to take it a step at a time. And I'm so thankful to the ancestors, so thankful to spirit that like, you know, I was able to get my first therapist and then, you know, start doing the work bit by bit by bit. Um, that I was able to find the books at the right time. I was able to find the right people to direct me to the right things at the right time. So you are, you are where you are. I'm not even going to say necessarily where you need to be, but you are where you are. And I know that more um, pleasing circumstances, more pleasing life scenarios are on their way to you. I'm just seeing what the cards are for you. Okay. So let's go with YC currently. So you've got the emperor in reverse. It seems like you've got some kind of tense relationship with your father that's um or either tense relationship or hardly a relationship with your father. Um and then we've got the uh the knight of cups in reverse um here. So it makes it has made you feel like um you're undeserving of offerings of love, um, especially when it comes to um, romantic relationships and we've got the page of cups here as well where you feel like anytime you offer yourself or that you put yourself out there we've got the tower card next that is met with disaster like it's met with um, destruction and there is this fear that if you give all of yourself like that you will be destroyed and I feel this already. Like when, when I look at these cards, I feel your inner state um, so strongly. <sighs> but when I look at it, it's interesting how the tower card is drawn in, um, in this, because I'm using the African tarot goddess arcanas. Is it? No. So what's it called? The Afro goddess um, tarot arcanas uh, deck. And they're jumping out of the white house. They're jumping out of the White House and they look to be jumping into some water in or the lake or whatever in front of the White House. Um, and they're, they've got like the American flag like tied around their neck or something. Or it looks like everything's upside down, basically. And there's like a massive storm. Um, there's an eye in the clouds. There's just a lot going on. It's ultimate chaos and everything's burning. And it must be like what that life feels like for you right now, that everything's burning and everything's upside down. So you don't even know how to get out. Let me just see what this card is. But the, it's weird because then we've got the Ace of Swords and this is kind of saying that your inspiration is there. Like you're a Gemini rising, I believe. So as a Gemini rising, as a as an air sign, your inspiration is actually where you are. You're already taking the steps to do the things that you need to do. And you ask whether your life will get better by the end of this year. And this is asking you, Tower Card, what do you define as better? 
What do you define as better? Is it better for you that you'll get a relationship or you'll end up in a relationship or what is better for you? Because it's in deciding what the better is that then you'll you'll be able to see that your life already has like the potential to for you to have that thing and to feel um that you know the the beginning the budding of happiness before the end of this year. Of course, we've got all of the systemic and institutional things that are fucking with us, but there is a lot here for you. We've got seven of wands in reverse as well. Like you're putting a lot of work into things externally. You're putting a lot of work into things externally. It feels like, but not wanting to really sit with yourself internally. Um, Before I worry about expressing myself to other people. I want to know that I can express myself to myself. And sometimes, yeah, of course, through talking to other people, you know more of what you actually think about certain things. But on the flip side, I just encourage you, if you can, just start with talking into an empty room. Just talk out loud to an empty room. Your grandmother would like to hear from you. Like just talk out out loud to an empty room and just acknowledge that if you that the things that you want to change, there are forces right now available to you that love the shit out of you that are wanting to help you to make that change and and have the and feel the happiness that you want to feel. They just need to know that you are also aware that they're there. So the first step was you like writing in and you've already said that you've had lots of them or you've had a few tarot readings as well. I'm not going to tell you anything different. Your energy is your energy in it. I'm not, I'm, I don't, I'm not really going to tell you any, um, any different. And for me, when it comes to spiritual hygiene, one thing I do recommend is not having too many tarot readings because what I'm seeing there is that you're trying to outsource your decision-making process. You're trying to outsource um, your hope and your faith to other people. They are only going to be able to tell you so much. And I know this firsthand when I'm going through so like really challenging times, that's when I'm like hitting up, um, you know, that's when I'm hitting up my mentors. That's when I'm hitting up, you know, um, my, um, my um, prayer guides, um, my, my priests, I'm hitting like, I'm, um, I'm hitting them up trying to, you know, ask like, when's this going to get better? When's this going to get better? Until... I started growing in spiritual maturity to understand that sometimes the ancestors are just like, you're going to have to ride this one out, my G. You're going to have to ride this one out, right? We've we've made it as comfortable as we can make it for you, but you have to see this through because there is something about how this fashions you for the next stage of your life that you're definitely, definitely going to need. I know that I use Breath of the Wild as an example all of the time, but the reason I'm getting bodied by that fucking robot in that shrine is because I didn't collect all of the things that I needed to collect before I arrived to the shrine. And this is the thing. I'm not saying that you're going forward to go and fight one next battle, but I'm saying that the, the equipment, the things that you need, the tools that you need to fashion in order for you to be able to utilize the space that you are heading towards, the relationships that you're calling in, it requires you to sit through and 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 breathe through and show compassion to yourself through certain um, life events. So you can get there. I'm not saying that we tolerate all the fuckery because some of these things, a lot of these things, in fact, are outside of our control when we're looking about um, looking at systemic and institutional structures. But I'm saying in as much as we can do certain things, then we should do those things. That's how I live my life anyway. Like I've learned that as uncomfortable as certain things are, when I look back, I'm like, okay, well, I see why this happened this way and that happened that way. And that I was able to use those situations to now be where I am. I I would implore you that for the next three months, don't get any other readings. 
as tempting as it might be, because I, you know, me, I love a TikTok tarot reading. I'll be looking through them and be like, oh, what's this? What's this saying? But um, don't, don't, because you're, it's also, it gets very fuzzy, you know, and there are various timelines happening at any one time. And in your desperation, you might cling to a timeline that is actually rather flimsy, you know, hang in there hang in there because if you are asking will I feel happiness by the end of this year that means that the happiness is actually there to be felt and you know that it's there you know that it's in one of these timelines you're just trying to work out which timeline it is and I and I don't feel like um you're going to find that timeline or be able to actively identify it if you're outsourcing your own power because that's what we've got here in the seven of wands in reverse like you're outsourcing your own power for other people to read for you and none of them are telling you anything different other than hang in there because joy is 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 kind of like um promised to you joy and peace is promised to you you don't have to do much but just keep going just keep going take one breath in one breath out and just keep going like I know that you've got this and that's confirmed by the moon card in reverse here like it's your intuition that you're not trusting um that that's the reason that this card has come up but the path is open for you if you can allow for your spirit team to help you if you can just start trusting yourself enough to speak out into an empty room hear your own voice hear what you think hear your voice back to you without judgment without having other people there and you'll be surprised as to what channels open up within you that allows for more information and um, to flow through you the the information is necessary to flow through you because you might be like oh boom let me go and get, um, I don't know, a decaf cappuccino at this place today. And you go to that place and then something happens from that place to that place. If you are not, if the channels are not open, you can't follow through on certain like instincts that you have. Um, because those things that you think is just random actions that you're doing, it's actually you being able to follow a divine path and you're picking the timeline carefully because you're, you're allowing yourself to be open to them. So that's what I'd advise you. The pace, um, the Ace of Pentacles in reverse here says that like you, uh, your opportunities are there. They're waiting for you. Um, why am I looking at that? Okay, because I'm looking at wheat that hasn't actually grown yet. Like the wheat hasn't matured. So whenever season that is, that's what's calling to you. We've got the star card here in reverse as well. But again, that this opportunity will allow you healing. There's so much. A lot of cards are for you are upside down. Nine of, um, sorry, what's this? Seven of pentacles, patience in reverse. You're not being patient. You're trying to skip certain things. And then we've got the devil card here because you're trying to skip certain things, which means that self-limiting um, behaviors and self-sabotaging behaviors um, kind of hold on to you. Don't outsource your power. Don't outsource your faith. Don't outsource your hope. I know that it's fucking difficult. I know at 22, my God, it was horrendous for me. Just please hang in there. That, that There's nothing else I can tell you other than that. All of the things that they've told you about the things that you're promised, they weren't lying that though those other readers were correct. But for those things to come to fruition, I there's something about first meeting yourself and then from knowing yourself and meeting yourself, it's slightly easier to then meet and know other people because the loneliness that you're feeling is, yes, of course, from being, not being able to convey um, and um, what you're feeling to others and, and have that connection with others. But it's also because there is a lack of connection or there is a, uh, there, there's a refraction of a connection within yourself 
and knowing you. So please start with the exercise of talking to yourself and talking with yourself in an empty room and see how you get on with that for a few weeks. And then holler at me and give me an update. I'd love to get an update from you uh, people who send your letters in to uh, the podcast. Um, And let me just pull a card from you from the Dickhead in Recovery Affirmation deck. What card comes out for you? Here it says... (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, Spirit. Love you. Love you, Bab. Um, Spirit says, I trust that even when I cannot see what is ahead, I am still following my divine path. Look at that. That is your message. I trust that even when I cannot see what is, what is ahead, I'm still following my divine path. You are divinely blessed. Like you are loved. You are held. I know that shit isn't easy and loss is a motherfucker. Just hang in there and really tap into you so you can continue to follow your divine path. And then you don't have to like take a detour um, and then find your way back to the original path later on. So I'm sending you lots of love, baby girl. And I pray that that resonates with you. Anyway, let me big up the first of this week's show sponsors who are better help. Um, Well, I feel like that tarot reading that just came before was a good example of the kind of way that we go around um well we we go around in our lives finding different ways to solve our internal what perceived problems and it's not always easy um it can be really really challenging to sort of like train yourself to sit with things and to sit with things within you compassionately because sometimes the feelings just feel horrible like they just feel absolutely horrible um especially when especially when we're faced with you know various challenges um simultaneously but at some point we have to find a way we have to find the tools um to help ourselves and to find solutions um whether they be short term or long term to the things that we are able to um have an impact on and a therapist can help you become either a better problem solver or somebody that can that's just more comfortable sitting with the emotions as they arise um and that can make it easier um to accomplish the goals that you might set yourself whether they're big or small I know that I've greatly benefited from therapy and I wouldn't be making this podcast. I wouldn't be doing all of all that I do if it wasn't for the fact that, you know, I've been going to therapy for so, so many years. Um, So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable and entirely online. You get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and you can switch therapists at any time. So when you want to be, uh, you know, better for yourself and better for those around you, therapy can get you there. So visit betterhelp.com slash your mind and you will get 10% off your first month. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com forward slash your mind. So go and check it out to get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com. All right, let's get to share your magnificence. And this week I am talking to the brilliant Chinny and Astrid about their book and their debut book that came out. It came out 7th of July, actually. And it's called It's a Continent off the back of their very, very um, successful podcast of the same name. And yeah, it was just an absolute joy to talk with them because... We, I, you know, I love a book and I love getting people in to talk about the work that they're doing and talk about the books that they're making. Also, what's interesting to me is how like people come um, about 
working together on books. So, you know, I spoke with uh, Rihanna Walcott about uh, The Colour of Madness that she had uh, curated and um, edited alongside uh, Samara Linton. Well, they're both doctors now, Dr. Rihanna Walcott and Dr. Samara Linton. So I spoke with them and it was interesting to find out about their journey and how they came to work together on their book. And it was um, similar, you know, in terms of Chinny and Astrid, um, so it says here, the genesis of their Apple tw- uh, Top 25 History post- uh, podcast uh, is that Chinny and Astrid met as interns after graduation, eventually living together and bonding over their love of documentaries and history. Astrid was born in the DRC and grew up in Devon, and Chinny is a British Nigerian who grew up in Southend-on-Sea. Both were very uh, aware and engaged with, but not so connected to cultural backgrounds. It was after a disastrous first date for Astrid, a trip to an African art exhibition at a museum that Astrid uh, came back home to rant about, um, you know, that uh, Astrid and then Chinny sat up late into the night and decided to plot out, including signing up for a podcast in a masterclass on what would then turn out to be their podcast, It's a Continent. So their podcast is a retelling of African history, one country at a time. And it was the kind of um, level of research and deep diving into history that basically connected them with their cultures again. And they went on to discover, you know, like people like Queen Zinga. I mentioned her in The Watchers and her efforts resisting Portuguese invasion from for over 30 years to um reading for themselves some of the background to unpopular figures such as Robert Mugabe that gave them a greater understanding um, and realising that narratives around Nigeria and the DRC have been reported through a very Western lens, allowing them to um, dig even deeper and celebrate African revolutionary figures and raise awareness for injustices still happening on the continent. Like, you know, we're seeing like all the things that we're seeing playing out at the moment. I think it was really even interesting watching. um, This was like the quietest Nigerian independence I've experienced. Like people are over it. They're over it because they're like, what even is this independence that you speak of? So um, when I found out that, you know, Chinny and Astrid um, had this book out to follow on from their podcast. I thought, yeah, why not? Because you're constantly having to remind people that Africa is a freaking continent, not a country. The diminutive nature of how people view Africa is because of the, you know, the Western world and, you know, imperialist mindsets and, um, you know, an imperialist, um, in, uh, an imperialist lens. So anyway, I'll let you get into the conversation. I think that the internet was a bit higgy at certain parts for... Um, Chinny and Astrid, but you know, um, we got some good things in there. So enjoy. Nice. Chinny and Astrid. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello. Thank you for having us. We're so excited. So excited. (laughs) Honestly, I can't even. (laughs) No, it's my absolute pleasure. It's my absolute pleasure. I just love when I get to interact with baby girls that are doing the things because, you know, before we started recording, I was saying to you that, like, to me, that's how we change the world, right? In the, mm. the things that we have in the curriculum, the books, the things that we have that tell us real things that clearly have been kept from us for, for so, so long. And I just rate so highly what you've done with It's a Continent. Even like that, we have to explain that. We have to tell them, yeah. <laughs> we have to tell, yeah. It's wild. It's yeah. Wild. 
So even into, like, let's start from there. We, they always go, oh, don't judge a book by its cover. But no, we're starting with the judge <laughs> by its cover because first of all, you know, it's a great title. But <laughs> was that pretty much very easy to be like, that's what the title is? The funny thing is, it took us a long time to come up with like, yeah, the title. Yeah, it, it, it took some time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then you, but, had, you, had a, you have a podcast that you've already been to. But the same, yes, exactly. And yeah, it took us so game. long to come up with that. But I think just because we've experienced so much having to be like, it's a continent. Like it just <laughs> said so many times that we said, you know what, let's just stick, let's go with this name. Yeah, no, it's, it's the perfect name because those who know, know. Like, mm-hmm. like it's tired of hearing of people going, oh, I'm going on my gap year. Yeah, I'm going to Africa. 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 <laughs> so because it's a country where everyone's just so joyful, even though they're so poor. Oh my God, I can't. <laughs> oh, that, this is the too accuracy. This, this is, is hitting too. close to home. <laughs> You're like, all you pick out from that whole conversation is it's a continent. Like, literally, you know, like, yeah. They're so cash that, oh, this country, it's not a country, it's a continent. Yeah. So, I love that that your passion, um, you you're giving it to us in so many different channels from you know through a podcast, but also in the in the you know the medium of this book. Mm-hmm. And what kind of struck up your passion for it? So it started basically. I had gone on a date um, at the Victoria and Albert Museum. Really good, cracking date. Didn't continue anyways. Um, <laughs> that's for another point. Um, <laughs> So it was basically looking at Africans through art and we're going through these different um, pieces and then we're talking about how we were represented. And I was like, gosh, I would never even like think about that. So went back to Chinese after the date to obviously tell her how it went. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, we were chatting and like, we love a documentary. So we had like a documentary on glass of wine. And I was like, I just feel like there's so much about, so I'm Congolese my own history that I just would have no idea about. But when it comes to like, you know, British history, you cover it. That we know it all. We just, know all the rides, yeah. all the you riddles. Can, yeah. <laughs> you just like recite it all off. I was like, there's definitely a gap here and I really want to learn. Mm-hmm. Chini got her computer out and was like, right, how are we going to, yes. how do we fix this for us? Yeah. And yeah, we were like a podcast, A will help us, but there might be some people who honestly just thought friends and family that we would force to just listen who would also enjoy it. So yeah, it's quite a weird origin story, but I like yeah. it. I feel like <laughs> it, it honestly just stems from us filling a gap that we felt we needed to kind of rectify on our parts. And mm. yeah. And then we found, it. yeah, we found that it resonated with so many other people as well. And just from my point of view, being Nigerian, I was like, actually, I don't really know anything about the DRC. I don't know anything about like Zambia or like other countries within the continent. So it's also been a huge like learning for us as well. And it's funny because you mentioned that like, oh, well, you know, we wanted it to be something we'll, we, you know, we'll get our friends and family to listen and, make, you know, get them into it. But then it, at the same time, your podcast is, it was in 2020 was 25th most popular um, history podcast. So clearly more people are listening. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've had great, great feedback from like teachers that are using it in their lessons, which is just like, amazing because that's exactly where we wanted to like strike into terms of the limited curriculum and us going to school and dressing up as tutors and thinking hmm like I think there's more so um, just being able to see that happening um, across the country is really really encouraging 
Yeah, no, I think it's, you know, absolutely brilliant. Um, and I love how you've laid it out because as you said, Chini, it is that thing of like, I know about Nigerian history, but even Nigerian history, even that discombobulate me at any time. (laughs) (laughs) You think that you know things and then someone will be like, hey, hey, you just, you say that, you know, Nigeria, you say that you're a Nigerian. What happened in the spring of 1942? And you're like, fam. <laughs> exactly. I have nothing to give like, yeah. alone. Well, like, there are people that proper, proper know the things. And so that's just Nigeria. Now, the entire continent of Africa, fam, I don't feel like I know. Even the bits that, you know, I might talk about here and there, I, there is so much life that goes untold. Yeah. And, and I just, I really, really appreciate that you put this together because you you break everything down in terms of regions. So we've got Northern Africa, mm-hmm. East Africa, Southern Africa, and then Western Africa. And one of the, you know, you I, obviously Nigeria's civil war is there as well. But I love that, you know, Queen Nzinga is there for as Angola's protector. Like you've, you've broken everything down. But I love that it's not like, oh, and here's some history. And I hate that I even do that voice, but you know, like, when <laughs> yeah. you know that monotonous, like, yeah. The, this way that we're taught history in school and it's just like ugh, I can really sleep right now <laughs> I love yeah. that this isn't that like you 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 let us explore each country through storytelling through like here mm. have, have this you know this bit and as you say in here as well like it's a bit mad because you go to go and write about these countries and bare things are missing that's yeah. it yeah honestly it's through it we've learned so much and also a lot of the time I think one of the most surprising ones for me anyway when we were right like right in and doing research for the pod as well was the Chagos Islands like yeah. we don't that so we had a message was it last night it was it? an Someone email was yeah, like, yeah 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 it was an email he was like I listened to that and was just like wow you just don't think what's the UK doing hey they have still got you know a situation an island that's not meant to be theirs and, you know, the Chagossians are here in the UK trying to fight to get back access back to their island. And so you, yeah, the things you unveil, you're like, oh, oh my gosh. Then you realise it, yeah. Yeah. Complete yeah. madness. No, it's a lot. Um, because then you, then you say that we can discuss, you know, there are, we talk about 52 countries, mm, one debatable, that sort of thing. Like, it's good to look at the complexities of, you know, each of each of these countries basically and I like that also you don't use the term sub-Saharan Africa I love that yeah Mm. yeah 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 it's it's a divider and I really because it's basically that people that are just that because the thing is with Africa it's so rich and diverse and actually there are black Africans Arab Africans like these are actually people who have also come under similar oppression um for example we cover the fight for independence in Algeria and, and France's history in Algeria and actually there's quite a lot of similarities there um and the term sub-Saharan Africa has just been used to just lower the position of those countries and it's used as a derogatory term really which is why we we aim to avoid it yeah it just feels like and we are the more um you know we're the more civilized african mm-hmm. those are the negroes yeah they're like mm. <laughs> yeah. they're not our people and and, it's, and, and never, whenever it's used when they're even talking about quote-unquote overpopulation which is just dog whistle see that and oh it's sub-saharan africa because you know that's clearly where the savages are you know like yeah i like that this is approach that that i love it because you're just speaking in real terms talking about look we've got the receipts i'm like yeah that's let's talk about history in a way 
that those of us who aren't like who aren't on it like that can be. Yeah, mm. it's about making it accessible to people. Yes, yes, because yeah. I think like, we, we did, Yeah, we just like we talk like normal people. Let's just give the people information as they would have wanted. Like I would have. We get you into it, and I think seeing it in certain schools being utilized as part of their curriculum, being like this is going to be more accessible for me is amazing, and I think that's what we want to see more of because then you've got the kids just keeping on and you know they're because they're enjoying how they're receiving that content so yeah it's really exciting nice. yeah and also that you give us an insight into like you know that sometimes when people talk about feminism they talk about well because we're forced to talk about it from a very white lens but exactly through, through the explorations that you take us on in the book we see that nah like African women have been about it from day. In oh, fact, I would say that that's, where the, that's the origin of yes. that everybody else is doing. Like that, that, that those are the origins of what we're seeing playing out. Um, you know, not taking away from anything that's happening like in East Asia and all of those places in South Asia and whatever, not taking away from anybody else's world history. But if we're looking at being told that as black women, as African women, that oh, we're so, you know, downtrodden, we don't know anything. This is showing that actually a lot of the things that you're using in the Western sense, you got it from here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Especially when we covered Wangari Maathai in Kenya when it comes to environmentalism. And that's not often seen like, you know, something that Africa really, you know, as a continent focuses on. But she was doing it from day dot, you yeah. know? Like she had, she, had, she had her eyes wide open. And it's only now that we're like, yeah, maybe we should really think about planting trees because we're, yeah, we're just maybe we should stop over consuming these times. Actually, yeah. <laughs> this has been practiced I, in principle already. Like it's been, it's been about that sense of you know community and how do we, how are we of service to life? Um, and it just goes missing. And and I love you know what, Central Africa, a mood. An absolute mood because I actually think that in the conversations that happen about Africa, there is a hyper focus on West Africa. I believe, you know, I, I don't know if it's because of the, the populace there, like they like to talk their talk, and I feel like I'm one of them. But <laughs> so many, when you see conflicts happening in countries in Central Africa, it's like, oh, yeah, there's almost an apathy to it because of the way that we've been, been made to see Central Africa as almost like, that's not really part of the conversation, but it's like, are you wild? Look at, look at all of the history, look at all of the things to consider. And that would give you a real good insight into why conflicts are initiated and, and, and kind of encouraged in so many different countries in this specific region, because of the things that white imperialists want to do and have been doing for centuries. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's what we see happening in Cameroon, for example, because, you know, they just thought, okay, it was Germany's, but, you know, to punish Germany, let's take away their colony and have it for ourselves. And then it's in France and then Britain. And you have a country where people then, because of the different lines that have been drawn, these people weren't actually supposed to be a country in the first instance. So mm -hmm. of course there would be conflict. And this is a lot of the sort of background as to why there is a lot of border conflict within the continent itself, because these are artificial borders. And of course, they're not necessarily going to work. Um, it's just once you put that into context and we always say we don't like to talk about the European example. But for example, if someone said Spain and Portugal are now going to be one country, they'd be up for Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they're having issues like with what Catalonia and all of that. Like yeah. in, in real time, you lot know that you <laughs> 
don't want that to happen to you. Exactly. You're stretching your feet, you're stretching your toes to go and involve yourself in other people's <laughs> <laughs> because even if we look at like the the, the Afro the Nigerian mm. again, you're drawing lines in places that nobody asks you to draw lines. You're pushing people together in terms of the formation of even Nigeria as we know it. It's an amalgamation of literally different ethnic groups of people, and you've mm. together and you've gone. Yeah, now your common language is um, English. Deal with it. What yeah. exactly? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just I love that. You know, I'm looking forward to more conversations such as these because of people reading your book and being like, yeah, we can have these conversations at dinner. We can have these conversations, you know, while working out at the gym. Like, let's move away from body count. Let's talk (laughs) 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 First date. (laughs) I was, that was not what I was expecting you to say, but... (laughs) But I mean, we're here for it. <laughs> yeah, no, we we definitely are. <laughs> but honestly, we are like seeing that. We had a couple of months ago, bless her, someone sent us an email being like, I've been listening to your podcast during work and I've got to tell you, I'm loving it. I've set up my own bingo game to just like play as I'm listening to it. So mm-hmm. she'll be like, it's like one to 25. And if we say, you know, throw shade at like Boris or Trump or whatever, that's like a tick. If we say a country she doesn't know, that's another tick. I just love the idea that people are like embracing it and taking it on and learning in a way that's fun for them. So yeah, no, definitely here for it and taking yeah. the conversations at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Because I know that I'd be discussing this. I have like wild conversations at the gym about the most random things. The other day I was talking to this um, PT guy and, you know, we, he was telling me about um, this book, Sapiens. And we were just talking about like that. And I was talking about like the power of now. And then I was just like, but we, we need to think of it kind of like Afrocentric way because we're giving all of these examples of these people's school of thought. But where did that come from? You know, and I'm meant to be banging weights, but this is what we're talking about. So I, that's why I gave Jim as an example, because sometimes people want to have vacuous conversations or they just want to have conversations. And the thing that they reach for has been so overused. Like, let's talk about something else. And what I do want to talk about is what I'm learning about each of these countries. Cause I did not know. I don't, I don't know. Like you, you have your identity crafted around your country mm. and then mm. realizing that, well, no, we keep talking about how we're also linked and how we're also connected and what's happening in Central Africa, East Africa, it's happening to all of us. It's happening. And even in terms of like, in terms of the diaspora, we're encouraged to not know of these things in order that we can be a useful tool of white supremacy. That's it. That's it. And even within the continent, as a result of colonization, a lot of the histories that they're taught are not necessarily because, for example, in Nigeria, um, a lot of students don't really learn the whole story behind the civil war because it was sort of swept under the carpet in the end. So mm-hmm. there's just still a lot of missing history, even within the continent itself. Yeah, because I did 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 the um, colonizers ever leave? It's what I always wonder about. A lot of the countries, I always wonder, but did the colonizers ever leave? Because I went to Nigeria recently because I'm building a children's home out there. And um, I was in Lagos and I'm driving through Ikeja and I see a nursery. And then the nursery has got like drawings of little children. What color were the children? Oh, no. Oh. Are you joking? <laughs> no, sorry. No, what? Down, swear down, swear down, swear down. <gasps> no. 
on the nursery walls. Have you in your life with your own two eyes, you as the people that's running that nursery with your two Korokoro eyes, have you seen? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But when, and so think about that. So when you not think about childhood in, in Lagos, Nigeria, when you think about childhood, what you see are white children. And that's what you put on these. And that's what you've drawn on the walls of this nursery. And so when these children come in, you've already started teaching them that that is what they're aspiring to. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but I just think it's mad. Like you have, it's mad. You have what? what is this? It all plays a role. It all plays like those subtle like influences. And to have that in the building that you're going to learn, like is for me, wow. That yeah. is that is wild. That's the importance of children's books that encourage like, characters of color, where there's a deficit of that at the moment. So to have that in an African country to me is staggering. Like that is yeah. But at the same time, I'm just sadly, I'm just not surprised. Like, but the thing is, I would have expected to see it in maybe like Lecky, Victoria, like Vi. Mm. Like, but even then, when I went around them sides, I was more inclined of, to see like a mixture of children because obviously there's the quote-unquote expats that they like mm. if, well, I'm, if I'm an immigrant you're an immigrant the immigrants <laughs> don't try it but you know, around them areas like you will see more kind of like like drawings of like children of different kind of colors right mm. but to be on the mainland to be on the mainland in the Kedja and and it's all white children that are drawn on the walls it spun me I can't lie spun oh my me. gosh and it just it goes to show how deeply embedded a lot of these things are because they wanted to show you that they're a good nursery or that they're a high quality nursery. And how do they depict high quality by showing by drawing white children who have never stepped foot into that nursery before? That's what they've drawn on the walls. But you definitely yeah, not imagine the UK doing that. They would definitely not have like just can you imagine? <laughs> It's like, yeah, that's not going to work in terms of marketing for us. Yeah, you know, you know it, you know it. Wow, wow. But I love that you mentioned children's books. And of course, so this is out. Your um, Intercontinent, when is it out? Yeah, it's out. Wow. Yeah, so it's wow. out. It was out in um, July. July, so, that's yeah. Early July. Yeah, early July, uh, July yeah. the 7th, it, was, uh, it came out. So yeah, it's out at the moment. How... So I love that it's out and it's and it's making its way through the world and more people are having the conversations about it because, you know, we're doing that now. So now that you've, you know, it's out and it's doing its thing, um, you mentioned children's books. Are we going to get a children's book? <laughs> or can you not say? Don't go, don't go, don't go start messing up contract. Just blink. No, don't blink. <laughs> It's, it's nice Let's, to see how the book is doing. Um, mm. And then maybe like, see with, <laughs> you know, honestly, it is really nice to see how the book is doing and people are enjoying it. I think for us, it's just, yeah, we manage this on top of a podcast and full-time work. So <laughs> there's only, there's only so much time. In the day. <laughs> but, but we'd um, love to reach like this, getting and this knowledge, getting to more segments of the population like everyone needs to know about African history because it is our history and for so long it's just been like oh black history African history just put in a corner but actually it's so relevant to today's conversation and just understanding the way the world works like this just lays out the story for you that always reminds me of like oh sorry 
I, I just said I, I, I was looking at each of the chapters mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about it as like a, as a whole series of children's books. Of course, like this is the book that we're, you know, focusing on right now and celebrating. Um, I just think about very young children and, mm-hmm. and the things that they can learn in the most simple terms about these countries and it stays with them. And I feel like that way that their, their parents learn as well mm-hmm. um, in that form. But <laughs> Me, it doesn't matter. I'll still be, I'll still be reading this to Lev because he saw me when I was like reading, um, you know, reading the PDF on my phone, and he's like, "Mommy, why are you reading?" And, you know, I could, you know, tell him about different sections and stuff, and and from there he's gaining that knowledge. So really, you can have any book and impart that knowledge in any way. But seeing like beautiful pictures next to it, I think that it's it, it's, it's a whole mood. Ooh, but you've yes. done something, you know, incredible here, like not just with this, but with your podcast as well. Like you're really really doing what I think is integral to our survival and our liberation, which is the education Mm. and and going and grabbing the pieces and bringing back the pieces that seem to have been lost and consolidating them in one place, but also doing that in a way that isn't intimidating for people to um, access the information, as we were saying earlier, it's accessible, but not accessible in a way that's condescending. Yeah. Well, if it's condescending, it's not accessible because someone will will be... So, yeah. (laughs) No, it's honestly amazing to see something that we started out for ourselves resonate with people is there's something just so touching about it that I just love that people are like oh my gosh I'm getting to learn so much and yeah and I think I just hope it's people are kind of taking it as a starting point to go off and you know do more research and just really connect with the history of all these different African countries it'll be amazing yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah no thank you both so much um for chatting with me about this so for everybody that's listening like I said well as we said the book is out now so you can go and get yourself involved it's it's called it's a continent unraveling Africa's history one country at a time and it's it's a real mood for the history buffs you'll love it because it's history but the, the people who don't even consider themselves to be history buffs you'll just love it because it's written in a way that's like your friends are chatting to you about something like you're just at dinner chatting about something it feels really really comfortable and I think that that's one of the ways that makes it easier to um, absorb new information because I I do believe that a lot of this information is new I will I dare any of you I dare any of you to come back to me and say I knew everything in every chapter I really you're a liar and you're a thief <laughs> I look forward to that anyway but Astrid and Chini thank you so so much for chatting with me thank oh. you so much for having us oh, thank you for having us Amazing. my pleasure well, there you have it. Thank you, Chini and Astrid, for speaking with me. So you can check out their podcast, It's a Continent, as well as the book. I would have put the book in um, the link to the book. Um, I would have put it in the show notes as well. So you can grab it from there if you want to support the ting. Also, I'll put the pre-order link for my book. Um, I'll put that in the show notes as well. So you can order well ahead of September 14th. But please remember that it means that it's going to arrive um, September 14th, 2023 and stop chasing up Amazon um, right now. And of course, I'll get you non-Amazon links because who the fuck am I? Of course. But we just I'm just waiting to receive that. Um, but yeah, two slats on your chest, Chini and Astrid, for um, making and putting together such a brilliant book. Big up yourselves. All right, so that's that for Share Your Magnificence. And yeah, I might as well big up the second of this week's show sponsors who are ExpressVPN. 
Thank you, ExpressVPN, for sponsoring this week's episode. Um, well, basically, every time that we go ahead and we connect to an unencrypted, unencrypted network, whether that's at a cafe, hotel, airport, basically any hacker that's around at the time that's on the same network as us can gain access to our personal data, which is like our passwords, our financial details, all of them things there. And it doesn't really take much technical knowledge to be able to hack anybody really these days, just some hardware and, you know, anybody could do it. So your data is valuable and hackers can make up to a thousand dollars per person by selling your personal info on the dark web. And um, what you want to do is have an encrypted tunnel that creates a secure um place for your um, information to pass through to the sites that you're visiting. So um, yeah, hackers can't steal your sensitive data that way. So it would take an, a hacker, what they say, like it will take a hacker over a billion years to get past an express VPN encryption. And, you know, as old as Krusty Liz was, she would not even have been able to do it. So it's easy to use. You can fire it up on the app, fire up the app and click one button and it works on your phone, your laptop, your tablet and more. You can even use it on your smart TV so you can stay secure on the go while you're enjoying all of your things on the internet and hopefully not using a burner to look for people's trouble because you decided to write some bullshit in your book and people rightfully pointed it out and now you're crying. Um, so secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash straws. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S vpn.com slash straws. And you can get an extra three months free on um, when you sign up. So expressvpn.com slash straws. So go and get your life. Um, let's get to So You Mad. So You Mad, maybe this should have been actually like a share your magnificence as well. What did somebody send me here? It says, I wrote you a poem, a share your magnificence for you. Dear Kelechi, I've always wanted to send you a really long email detailing how much I appreciate you your articles, skits, tarot readings, songs, cards, and podcasts, and more. Over the years, you've really shaped the baby girl I am and the baby girl I'm becoming. I sometimes struggle to express this as your impact has been so profound. I worry I won't give you a thank you email that truly expresses my gratitude or your influence. Seeing you live for the second time this year was incredible. Congratulations to you and your team and, and for every special person that helped create it. I hope you always feel our support and love. I started journaling about last night and my appreciation for you and your work. And it started, it kind of started to feel like a poem for you. I decided to go with it. So I thought I'd send you the final thing. Feel free to hate it. <laughs> Thank you. I find it cringy or just generally not a bit of you. I'm not a poet by any means. And this was the product of late night journaling. Attached is the poem I wrote about um, that night and a video I took of the moment between you and your mum on stage. It was so special. Every time I rewatch it, there are tears. It feels weird for me to keep that video and not send it to you. Even, uh, even now, even though I know you probably have so many pictures and videos of that moment, I also wanted to send you a picture of a poll I did with your cards on my graduation day earlier this year. I kept them in my pocket at the ceremony. It felt right as they got me through my last year of uni. They're beautiful and I'm so excited for the affirmation cards. If you see this email, I hope you're reminded of how being you being you has uplifted so many of us. I can't wait for your upcoming book. Sending you so much love, gratitude and a week early. Happy birthday wishes. Thank you, Kelechi. Thank you for that. That's so lovely. 
I love that. I really love that message because I think that that's one thing I could take away from Sadler's, even though I'm still feeling rather blah at the moment. What I could take away, like I said, is that all of these people showed up. There is nobody that you have currently um, a singular entity as a, of a black woman that by themselves would have drawn that crowd that I did just to talk about the things that I'm talking about. Like, of course you could do it if it's a, it's a music show or maybe if it's a comedy show, but you know, like a stand-up show, but that's not what I was doing. It's not a theatre show. It was just me, me being in conversation with the audience and, and sharing my views. There is nobody, not a single person that is able to do that yet. Mainstream media would like to pretend that I'm not about because why that's easier for them is because the autonomy, the agency, the power, the independence is scary to them. I did all of that independently. I did Sadless independently. There's no brand behind me. There's no, um, you know, um, podcasting juggernaut behind me. There's no broadcasting network behind me. I did that shit based on the people who support me and believe in me, who supported me to do it. But I did that as an independent entity. So like Beyonce Dunn said, like, bow down, bow the fuck down. Like, let's all respect ourselves. Like that really set the levels because you stupid smelly cunts who were sitting there last year about, oh, it's because she's unlikable and bad vibes. Can your mother, can your mother and your her dusty front, can your mother get 1,300 people into a venue to do, and they don't know what the fuck she's going to do when she comes out on that stage? Can your mother bring the vibes like I brought it? No. So crawl back up in her and shut the fuck up. Okay, because that that set pace and that set the levels. And so henceforth, if the respect is not put on my name, thunder will fire your asshole. Anyway, back to some love and light. For Kelechi, a poem of protection and in appreciation of the podcast. The curtains close. I um, I leave the live show. Thankful I'll be able to relive this tomorrow through headphones. Kelechi, it really was the place to be. But for now, take the time to rest. You deserve more than two slaps on your chest. My appreciation for you and everything you do feels like it has nowhere big enough to live. In the meantime, I give this to you, a promise of consistent gratitude. When they try to silence you and you feel pangs of heartbreak, we will scream your praises until they feel the ground shake. The same way we did when you entered Sadler's Wells. When they question your supporters, we will run with eagerness and pride to be right by your side. In the same way as Coyote and Craig, Kelechi, don't doubt about it. We too might come with a spare outfit. <laughs> when they puff their chest and run their Twitter fingers, know there will be security that lingers. The same way Angel quietly watched and surveyed from the side of that stage. When the trolls come and try to take their toll, It's you we will affirm sprinkling spiritual seasonings for your soul. The same way your mother prayed into your ear, but on mic so all could hear. You will hear us loud and clear. When when they try to doubt your vision, your uh, your success or worth, where we can, we will open our purse. The same way we did when you sold out those live shows, not one, but two. On their own words, we will watch them chew. When they question your relevance, we will tug at their blindfolds as you're a name that holds weight in many households. <laughs> yes, Kelechi Okafor is a household name. Those that deny it are well and truly not sane. And for that line, forgive me. I'm a fellow dickhead in recovery. 
The claim of insanity might be ableist It's just so many people can attest to this So when they try to fabricate flaws We will rise prepared and fling out straws Suck your mum, we'll shout As we start our motor mouths So you're mad? You'll still be dragged You should know by now It's chat shit get banged In this space, the hate makes no difference These moments were made to share Kalechi's undeniable magnificence Big up yourself What do you mean you're not a poet? What do you mean you're not a poet? You came with bars You came with bars What do they call that in France? Le Bangueur Le Bangueur That was beautiful Thank you so, so much That's I, I want that framed I should put that somewhere And if I could get that printed out and framed And put in the office to just remind myself I just want to use this office to surround myself With beautiful words And um, creative expressions from wonderful people Such as yourself Thank you, two slaps on your chest That's wonderful You should write my next collection mix Like, yeah, like I, I love that so much And you covered everything in such a beautiful way, um, in such an eloquent way, <laughs> even the reference to ableism. I, I thank you for doing that. Thank you for writing that in. Um, I appreciate you, baby girl. All right. So this week in So You Mad, let me just keep it short and brief. Short and brief. I don't have start your motors in here anymore, but I was just going to say, I have a very big God. Oh, he's always by my side. A very big God, oh, by my side, by my side. Why? Because Red Bull are getting investigated. You bomberclots. Red Bull are getting investigated because it looks as if um, they did not stay within the spending cap last season for their for what they were doing. Um, every team has to stay within a spending cap, a particular spending cap. I think they even lessened it or whatever this season, but you're meant to stay within it. And if whatever car you create in that season, if you go above the spending cap, basically your car is like disqualified or there are severe penalties. So that could possibly mean that um, whatever sanctions or whatever that are, um, you know, implemented because of them going above the spending cap in such a, uh, an obvious way Lewis Hamilton might actually get That eighth championship back You know, the one that was stolen from him in Abu Dhabi um, Because because Red Bull didn't stay within the spending cap It means that um, they had an unfair advantage And if they had an unfair advantage in 2021 That means that they had an un- unfair advantage in 2022, right? Because I think that don't they get a prize? Well, I don't know well, Anyway, what I'm saying is that um, Toto Wolf pointed out as well that if they had that advantage in 2021, um, they had that. That means that that carried over into this season as well, and that is part of the problem. And I've been saying, I said it on the podcast before. I took away start your motors that something underhanded is going on at Red Bull. Like they're not playing by the rules, and they and it's been overlooked because one, nobody's got the vim or the energy to kind of like pull them up about it, and two, like. The Ben Suleim, like the who's now the head of the president of the FIA, all of them are willing to overlook it as long as it means that Hamilton did not get that eighth world um, championship title, that a driver's championship title. And to me, that's sick. Like that's sickening. Um, all I can say about the Singapore Grand Prix is that um, you know they seem to have done a lot of work on the W13. That's the Mercedes car because Hamilton was able to um, get P3. Uh, in qualifying Although he finished What did he finish? Ninth? 
an actual race. But that race in Singapore was very higgy. I don't think I like street circuits, you know. I don't think I like street races because that was very mod. It was very mod. Um, bare safety cars. And I don't really like how Alpha Tauri, Gasly, Sunoda, their man just move out of the way for Verstappen. Like how can Red Bull have that advantage where they basically have two teams, thus four drivers that they are able to control on that track? That is also unfair, but again, they get away with it. Gasly doesn't even try to pretend anymore. He doesn't even try to pretend like he's trying to hold Verstappen up. He just literally moves out of the way. And why would he do that? What is, why would he want to do that? Because he's hoping that, for instance, if they want to, if they need him in the future, they'll put him back on the Red Bull team because, you know, they basically demoted him and sent him to Alpha Tauri. So he wants his Red Bull seat back, I would imagine. So he's going to do whatever they ask him to do, um, which is like get out of the way when Verstappen is coming. And that means that Verstappen is not really challenged as a driver. Um, but this one, let's see what this says here on the Daily Fail. Um, Max Verstappen could see he, a last season's world title handed to Lewis Hamilton if Red Bull are found guilty of breaking the £114 million spending cap in another twist that reopens the most contentious decider in sports history. Um, Formula One's rulers are under pressure to crown Lewis Hamilton World Championship if Red Bull are found guilty of breaking the spending cap during Max Verstappen's controversial 2021 um, title winning year. In a twist that remote um, reopens the most contentious decider in the sport's history, um, reports have surfaced in Italy and Germany claiming to show Red Bull exceeded last year's £114 million limit. Team principal Christian Horner, aka Spiceless Wonder, aka Winch Spice, aka Karen Horner, denied the accusations on Friday. But Mercedes counterpart Toto Wolf uh, called on the FIA to enforce their rules, which permit teams and drivers to be docked points. Um, with Verstappen triumphing on the last lap of the final race in Abu Dhabi to pip Hamilton by eight points, the FIA's adjudication could not be more sensitive. Speaking ahead of Sunday Singapore Grand Prix, uh, Wolf said the cost cap is probably the most important evolution of regulations to keep up a level, uh, keep a level playing field. It is of huge importance that these regulations are policed. The FIA and particularly uh, Mohammed Ben Suleim, their president and president may um, have shown a pretty robust stance on enforcing all kinds of regulations. And I think that the reason that that's said is because they are on um, Hamilton's case about having a fucking nose ring in currently. Fam, focus on the fact that somebody basically did fraud. Focus on that. Focus on the fact that one team, was it Aston Martin? That, I think it was, I have to check. One team went over by 5% in terms of the spending cap, which they say is marginal, that that's okay. Whatever the fuck Red Bull went over, clearly clearly it was it was major so christian horner denying it now saying oh yeah no our accounting team was this and we had certain transfers and we had this that and this that no 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 if you went over, you went over and you lot were trying to cook the books. So if he won by eight points, I want them to deduct 12. I want them to deduct 12 and crown the rightful owner because you keep calling him, a, um, he's that he's an almost two-time world champion. No, he's not a world champion. He hasn't won one yet. Verstappen has not won one yet, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so yeah, let's see how that all plays out. But I thought that that was very, very juicy and I couldn't not come and tell you about it, regardless of how I feel about Formula One and everything at the moment. I thought that that is a juicy piece of information that we need to keep up to date with because that also would align with what's happening astrologically. Because when I tell you, Pluto and Capricorn would have been dealing with um, uh, Hamilton's son, like his son, because he's a Capricorn son. 
to be dealing with him. And so now that it's going to be moving out of Pluto to Aquarius, I feel like things that were meant to be his, that were, uh, that people who had power try to um, play in his face about, I would hope that they come back to him. But, but again, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just speculating. I think it would be great. I mean, obviously let him win the races that he's going to win before Abu Dhabi, but I think it would be beautiful if he won the Abu Dhabi race and they also reinstated that 2021 um, driver's championship as well. That would be beautiful. I feel like for that to happen, I need to be in Abu Dhabi. So for those who can make it happen, make it happen. Um, but at the same time, I don't care because I'm still in a mood. Um, yeah, so I'm reading some from some extra tea here, basically, that says people in the paddock believe that Red Bull's rumoured 2021 budget cap breach is over 5%, which means the team could face harsher penalties. Um, the FIA issues first statement, um, what does it say? Um the story's now been widely reported across F1 media and, and and from what Total Wolf said, this has been an open secret on the paddock. And I think that that's interesting that when you're not in an industry, like us men are not in the industry, in it. So people have clearly been talking about this for a while, but I was not privy to that information. But even a few episodes ago, I have been saying that something is not quite right here. Something no guan. And now we've seen that something indeed has guaned. Um, so according to financial regulations, a penalty for a minor breach less than 5% can include a decision of points for the championship in which the breach took place. A suspension from a limited number of events, limitations on research and development and a reduction of the cost cap. While for a material breach more than 5%, a team driver, a team or driver could be banned from an entire championship. Since Verstappen only uh, finished only eight points ahead of Hamilton in 2021, all of this could be very worrying for Red Bull. Cause that, and I think that that's beautiful. Either way we slice it, bitch. Either way we slice it, you're still going to get dealt with. And I want them to deduct more than eight points. That's how I see it. If if they're saying that the breach was, and their breach is above 5% from what I understand. So they're going to have to do what, do what it do. They're going to have to do what it do, you know? So um, yeah, let's see how that actually plays out. Um, it says here, Autosport further reports that the situation is seen by many in the paddock as a significant test case for FIA president um, Ben Suleim and his team as an overspend last year would have been beneficial, not just for the 2021 World Championship, but for this year's as well, given the development program for 2022 cars. Since the story broke, the FIA has issued a statement on the rumours. It says the FIA is currently finalising the assessment of the 2021 financial data submitted by all Formula One teams. Um, Alleged breaches of the financial regulations, if any, will be dealt with according to the formal process set out in the regulations. Well, let's see, because we know that they're all underhanded. So let's see. But that's just a little bit of tea that I wanted to bring your way. Anyway, you know, that's an update. I've got another update that I think, you know, again, you know, Mercury retrograde has really brought things to light. And I just think that that is beautiful for us all. Do you remember our good friend Lorna that I told to stand up? Lorna the one that she took in a Ukrainian um, refugee into her home that was meant to be a QE. And then basically the the Ukrainian QE took her man, teethed her man in 10 days. Well, there's a slight update on that story. You know, like Lorna really went through it. Like her man was taken right from underneath her nose, right from underneath her nose in her own yard. Um, So when was it? It says here, um, there's a where is it let's see here so yeah 
we found out about that story earlier on in the year. Now we see that um, it, this headline says Ukrainian refugee who was dumped by her British lover and then arrested for trying to kick down his front door says she's heartbroken and has no home or money. Um, the Ukrainian refugee who has been dumped by British her British lover she seduced under the nose of his partner when she moved into their home has broken her silence about the heartbreaking split. Sophia um, Karkadim, 22, says she is devastated after father of two, Tony Garnett, 30, ended their four-month relationship and um, at her arrest for trying to kick down the door of their rented property and screaming, Tony, I love your, I love your, sorry, that's not a Ukrainian accent. Last night, speaking exclusively to Daily Fail, Sophia said, I'm lost, I'm heartbroken and I still have feelings for Tony. Well, girl, how you get them is how you lose them. Baby, how you get them is how you lose them And you played yourself I don't like this idea that she seduced him right from his wife uh, Under his wife's nose Because he's a fool, he's a big fool But at the same time That's what you deserve That is what you deserve Because you fully went into that home And really thought that you were going to do something But you forget that If a man that you can get like that you, you A man that you can get like that in his own home is a raggedy bitch He's a raggedy bitch And he belongs in the to, to throw in the bin pile Like he is a raggedy hoe He was a slag from early He was a slag from day Yeah And that's the only reason You managed to do our Lorna In that way Lorna you better not be racist Because I'm actually sticking up for you right now You managed to do our Lorna Like that We told Lorna to stand up Because you were laying down We told Lorna To like be a vampire Because you were sucking the D You were sucking the blood You were sucking the D Lorna was crying And you were scrim You scrim You were scrim Enjoyment And Lorna was suffering But God said None of my watch Or was that a yarn One and the same And so what you are now experiencing Is a scientific phenomena Phenomenon You know the one Called Fuck around and find out That is what you're experiencing right now It is fucking around and finding out You are now finding out because you fucked around Now you're kicking out the door talking about you love him Baby, he's for the streets He is for the streets And you really thought you did something You really thought you were in love In in fact, he was probably using you to just leave the home You thought that he was going to leave He was going to come with you when he had bangers and mash at home be serious Our Lorna always had the ting She she always had the little, little uncle bit She always she always had the tings Yeah Lorna don't take him back please He's he's a really raggedy hoe Please don't take him back Because now he'll be suffering All he knows he's a little He's like a monkey You know they don't let go of one branch Until they've got hold of the next And you know Don't have him back Because if he can do this Right under your nose in your own household He did like next to the toaster Next to the toaster Next to the George Foreman grill That's why he did it right there in your face You don't deserve that kind of disrespect Lorna This is the time to stand up properly Do not take that little pussy clock back Yeah Cool Well that's the update that I wanted to share And thank you for my correspondence Christopher on the ground For bringing that information to me Appreciate it Um 
so yeah, so that's that. Um, what else do I have for So You Mad? There's somebody else that I wanted to talk about. Oh, another person that has suffered in this life. You lot are really suffering up north. God damn. God damn. What's in the water? I thought the water was softer up north, but it seems like the men who are drinking up there are, are very, very wayward. Very wayward. They are mud. It says here, devastated bride, 27, goes ahead with party after groom stood her up on their wedding day. <laughs> yeah. Imagine, imagine I'm there waiting at the altar and you've decided to take an Uber and leave. Omar, all the athletics training I've done in my life, I'll chase that car down, I'll drag you out and I'll beat the shit out of you. I will, I will discombobulate your suit. I will tear your, 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 your suit. I'll tear it, I'll tear it to pieces. Your bow tie, I'll stick it in your nose. Are you mad? Wow. Anyway, a jilted bride decided to carry on with her wedding without her groom when he failed to turn up. Kaylee Stead, 27, discovered she wasn't going to marry her partner of almost four years the morning of her due. Despite the heartbreak, Kaylee decided to go ahead with the big day, surrounded with her loved ones around her. On September 15th at Oxwich Bay Hotel in, is it Goa, Swansea, Wales? Oh, it's in Wales. That I thought you lot even had nicer water. Fucking hell. Kaylee went ahead with her wedding entrance, meal, speeches, dances, and even posed for professional photos without her groom. Woo! Kaylee is a better person than me. Woo! She entered the party singing along to Lizzo's Good As Hell with her bridal party. Brave Kaylee punched off the top tier of her wedding cake and spent her first dance with the groomsmen, her brothers and dad, Brian, 71. Now living alone with her honeymoon cancelled, Kaylee's pleased she still had the party, so money and effort didn't go to waste. Her friends have rallied around her, barely leaving her side and setting up a GoFundMe to pay, setting up a GoFundMe page to try and recoup some costs. Woo! Why is there not, isn't there wedding insurance in case like somebody moves mad on the day? Like, isn't there? Because let me tell you something, I will find you. Liam Neeson is not the only one that has a special set of skills. I will find you and you will run me my fucking money. Hey! Insurance clerk Kaylee, wow, that is ironic, um, who lives in Portmead, Swansea, um, said, I saw the groom at around 4 p.m. the day before the wedding and I haven't heard from him since. We've tried to reach out to him, but I've had no response from him. No reason why. I've had no explanation. Not that I want one now because it's too far along the line. It was an absolute shock. I had no indication he was going to do this, but seeing my girls, I should stop that, distraught as well as me made me want to turn the day around. I didn't want to remember the day as complete sadness. The whole day we were saying it felt like an episode of Hollyoaks or EastEnders. It didn't feel like a real life situation. Nah, man had you feeling like it was a movie. Imagine. There were so many special moments like my wedding entrance, the sparkler walk, the first dance and punching the wedding cake. So there was still happiness in the day. Um, I'd spent all of this money. I'd been looking forward to the food and a dance with my dad, spending time with my family. So why not? Kaylee and her ex started dating in December 2018 and got engaged when he proposed in August 2020. I bet there was a retrograde when all of that happened. The night before the wedding, Kaylee stayed in an Airbnb celebrating with her bridesmaids while the groom and his groomsmen stayed in a caravan near the venue. Are you sure he didn't fall in a ditch? 
Kaylee said the groom and I had already agreed not to speak the night before the wedding, um, the wedding anyway. So I didn't know what was happening on his he- um, on his end. I didn't have a clue. I was in complete bliss, unknown bliss. The groomsmen contacted the bridal party to tell them he'd left. She claims. Kaylee said we woke up at quarter past six when the makeup artist arrived and had breakfast together and then started getting ready. One of the groomsmen contacted my best friend to say the groom was gone and the bridal party hid my phone so they could decide what was the best way to tell me and I wouldn't find out from someone else. They wanted to make sure he was definitely gone before panicking me. I found my phone and I saw I had a missed call from his mum. I called her back and she was crying and told me he had gone for a drive in the early hours of the morning and he was gone. But at that point, I wasn't nervous. I was still quite hopeful as throughout our relationship, he had sometimes gone for a walk or a drive to clear his head when he was nervous. For a couple of hours, I was saying he was going to be there and I was reassuring the girls. I honestly believed hand on heart that he was going to be there. I asked the girls, his family and the groomsmen to continue you getting ready because I honestly believed he was going to be there. At around 11am, Kaylee had just sat to have her hair done with her makeup all finished when she spoke to the groom's dad on the phone. She claims he told her that her partner would not be attending the wedding. Um, Kaylee said, at that point, I was gone. I was sobbing. Once I told my parents, the hairdresser and the videographer, that's when I had to tell myself that it wasn't going to happen. As a joke, the videographer said, why don't you just carry on girls? You spent all this money. You're not getting it back. All your guests are there. Why don't you just go on? That videographer is a Yoruba man. The videographer is a Yoruba man. He said, hey, Omar, today, today, I must receive my payment. Go and get on. I don't care if your groom is not here. Go and get on with that wedding. Go and find her broom. Go and put a suit on a broom and go and stand the broom next to her. She must complete this wedding today because I must get my payment today. My G, Oga, chief, chief. Um, my my sister was redoing my makeup because at that point it was all just gone. Um, she said, why don't you just do it, Kaylee? That's when I was like, I'm going to do it. I'd spent all this money. I'd been looking forward to the food, dance with my dad, spending that time with family. So why not? The two wedding parties headed into the ceremony room together and told the guests what had happened before asking them to head out to the garden to meet Kaylee instead. Kaylee said, I didn't want to see the ceremony room. I've, I've never seen how that looked. When my sister and my best friend were explaining what had gone on to the guests, everybody was crying because they had been looking forward to that day. I asked for 10 minutes to myself because I saw my guests and then rather than walk down the aisle, I walked around the corner in my dress and had everybody just looking at me. Nobody knew what to do. I think they were a bit scared to say something and then everybody just started cheering and hugging me. All of the groomsmen stayed as well as all of her friends, family and loved ones. With their support, Kaylee carried on with the day she had planned without her groom and made changes throughout to turn a devastating day into a beautiful one. Um, Instead of the traditional bride and groom's entrance, Kaylee was joined by the groomsmen and bridesmaids as they sang and danced along to Lizzo's Good As Hell on their way to the top table. She said, we were just doing things off the cuff, really. It was all based on instinct and we just went with it. I still wanted photos because of all the groomsmen and bridesmaids um, looked absolutely incredible and I wanted them to have their pictures as they normally would. The photographer also took a photo of me in my dress in the garden and then we did family photos and bridesmaids photos instead of the bride and groom. You can probably see a few tear streaks down my face, but I love the photos. I was never going to make a speech, but I wanted to thank everyone for staying because they didn't have to. It was a very awkward situation for them to be in, but they all stayed. I wanted to make sure everyone knew that it wasn't um, about the sad. We were going to power through this. Everybody kept saying sorry to me, but I wanted that to stop. They hadn't chosen that path. They'd chosen to stay. So let's celebrate that. 
The photo booth had originally displayed Mr. and Mrs. with what would have been the couple's married name, but that was quickly replaced with a sign that read Kaylee's Kaylee's shindig. Rather than sharing her first dance with the groom, Kaylee danced with her dad, brothers and groomsmen to Love You to the Moon and Back by Dolly Parton. Oh, I love Dolly Parton. She's my fave. Kaylee said, I'd always dreamed of dancing with my dad at my wedding. Oh, honestly, I can't even read anymore. Kaylee. Big up yourself I hope you're not a racist Big up yourself Kaylee Big up yourself Because what You held that down Like a champ If you want us To do community Beating of this guy Whenever he surfaces Holler Kaylee Holler Because that person Deserves a major flogging I'm like, If you didn't want To marry me Fam If you did not want To marry me Could you not have Let me know 20,000 pounds ago Could you not have let me know 20,000 pounds ago Because I could have bought a cute bag I could have done something I could have opened a business I could have gone and done laser on my palm and my asshole I could have done things You denied me the opportunity To really do bits Because, because Because you wanted to be nervous Because what? No, no, I'm sorry Men aren't bullied enough Because what the fuck? Oh no, Kaylee, you really handled that Because, hey, I can't even say what I would do I can't even But, you know, I've always said I still want to have a sort of wedding party Just so I can dance to Dance with my father again I'd love that, I'd just love that Dance by myself But dancing with my father At my party Um, But yeah, no, Kaylee Big up yourself Large up your chest Because, whoo That was a lot That was a hell of a lot And wherever he is I hope that he's suffering because that is a mess. That is an absolute mess. Um, what else did I see on So You Mad? Well, it says here that rap lyrics are no longer going to be able to be used as evidence in a court of law in California. And I think that this is a really um, good thing because I know that they're still de- dealing with this and then RICO laws elsewhere where that's how they're managing to hold people. So, I mean... At the same time, I don't know why if you've done these things that you feel that you should be telling us in your songs Because I guess that does constitute as a confession But at the same time, you should be afforded the artistic license And it seems very anti-black that it's rap lyrics specifically that you are focusing on um, in order to uh, do all of this stuff It says here, in a big win for creative expression, Governor Gavin Newsom signed the Decriminalizing Artistic Expression Act, which restricts the use of rap lyrics as evidence in courts in California. In August, the California Senate and Assembly unanimously approved the bill. AB 2799, speaking to the importance of the legislation at a virtual bill signing ceremony, where rap artist Killer Mike Meek Mill, Too Short, Ty Dolla Sign, YG, E-40 and Tiger, as well as the CEO of the Recording Academy, Harvey Mason Jr., leaders of the uh, Black Music Action um, Coalition and songwriters of North America also joined the signing ceremony. Um, The the Black Music uh, Action Coalition called the bill a crucial step in the right direction of not injecting racial bias into court proceedings, especially given the recent indictment of Young Thug and Gunner whose lyrics were uh, directly quoted um, and used against them in an ongoing RICO trial. See, I said it. Um, For too long, prosecutors in California have used rap lyrics as a convenient way to inject racial bias and confusion into the criminal justice process. Um, Entertainment, um, that was said by Dina LaPolte, entertainment attorney and co-founder of Songwriters of North America. 
This legislation sets up important guardrails that will help courts hold prosecutors accountable and prevent them from criminalizing black and brown artistic expression. Thank you, Governor Newsom, for se- uh, for setting the standard. We hope Congress will pass similar legislation. That is, um, as this is a nationwide problem. Uh, what is this? Willie Prophet Stiggers, a co-founder and co-chair of the Black Music Action Coalition, added. The signing of AB 2799 into California law is a huge victory for the artistic and creative community and a big step in the right direction towards our federal legislation. The RAP Act, um, Restoring Artistic Protection Act, preventing the use of lyrics as the sole basis to prosecute cases. The the Black Music Action Coalition applauds Governor Newsom for his willingness to stand with artists and defend our First Amendment rights to freedom of speech. Um, so yeah, I love that. I love that for them. Um, I love that for them. Laporte goes on to say that the use of young thugs lyrics as evidence against them in court is unprecedented racism, um, pointed out, um, and also legal expert Jack Lerner pointed out that the judicial system's hypocritical focus on hip hop as a genre and added that this process could really affect the way that people make music. So, um, yeah, I hope that something worthwhile comes of that actually because I do think it's wild I do think it's wild that all of this energy is always given to music of black origin specifically and yeah it's it's not cool um in other news uh the girls are fighting the girls are definitely fighting Liz Truss has told uh King Charles aka KC3 that he can't go to one of them um climate summits that he wanted to go to she was just like no you're grounded, you sit in your room And he clearly was stressed about it So stories got le- uh, leaked to the press That she was stopping him from living his best life um, And I can already see that this is going to be A very tempestuous time for us all um, Yeah, it's going to be a madness It's going to be a madness It says here King Charles abandons plans to attend uh, to attend COP27 Following Liz Truss's advice King Charles III, KC3 as I call him, as has reportedly abandoned plans to attend and deliver a speech at the COP27 Climate Change Summit on the advice of Liz Trust. The monarch, a veteran campaigner on environmental issues, had been invited to the 27th UN Climate Change Conference in Sharm el-Sheikh, Egypt, next month. But the Prime Minister is understood to have raised objections during a personal audience at Buckingham Palace last month, according to the Sunday Times. Buckingham Palace has confirmed King Charles III will not attend the summit. A senior royal source told the newspaper, it is no mystery that the king was invited to go there. He had to think very carefully about what steps to take for his first overseas tour, and he's not going to be attending COP. When no, they uh, said the decision was made in the um, of the government's advice and was entirely in the spirit of being ever mindful as king that he acts on government advice. However, it remains under active discussion about how King Charles will make his presence felt at COP twenty seven, which runs from six to the eighteenth of November. There's Zoom, baby. There's Zoom. KC three. There's Zoom. Get on Zoom. You can do it there. Get on Zoom. Go and do it there because you want you want a private jet. We're not doing no private jets. Get into that office 
where you were shaking, shaking the ink about, get into that office and go and record it there. You're not going because I don't even want you to go anywhere because you environmental campaigners that are monarchs and billionaires and oligarchs and all of them things, you lot are sinister as fuck. And all you ever want to talk about is overpopulation with a, with a very weird, nasty focus on black and brown people. So in fact, I'm even glad that she clipped your wings. She clipped your wings while Red Bull are being investigated for their own wings and their fraud. Your wings are being clipped. <laughs> there you have it. Um, another source said the new monarch uh, would be personally disappointed to miss the conference and was all lined up to go with several engagements planned around his sustainable markets initiative, uh, which aims to persuade businesses to invent uh, to invest in environmentally friendly initiatives. The Queen gave an entirely non-political address at COP last year. It sounds like he is not being given the choice. That is an error of judgment on the part of the government. Um, the 73-year-old has played an active role in previous environmental summits. The King delivered the opening speech at COP21 in Paris in 2015, calling for a vast military-style campaign to fight climate change and urging world leaders to compete. Uh, to commit trillions, not billions of dollars. He also convened uh, world leaders and businesses to encourage them to sign up to the landmark Paris Climate Agreement before the summit. Last year, King Charles um, delivered a speech at the opening ceremony of COP26 in Glasgow, calling on world leaders to adopt a warlike footing to deal with the threat of climate change. See, the wording that he likes to use to me is very scary times. And I mean, back in the day, Liz was all about ending the monarchy. So I very much think that she's stepped up into there and she's flogging absolutely everybody. And you know what? I personally love to see it. But I think it's already interesting that the palace, they're leaking this story to the press to create more pressure and tension for Liz. Liz, this Liz Truss here is telling you what to do. Meanwhile, she was getting bodied on local radio when she was speaking to you know, when she was being interviewed by those radio hosts in a way that the rest of the mainstream girlies could never, ever, ever chat to Liz. Look at your life. You're getting bodied by somebody that is getting bodied by the, the local, the local people then. Ha! The girls are indeed fighting. Kwasi, uh, Kwarteng, uh, M. Klarting, um, decided to put forward a budget all these tax cuts that help the um, already rich, that help the bankers and everything. And we are now finding out that he also was partying with these hedge fund people after the announcement was um, the announcement was made that our lives are pretty much going to be fucked and they're going to be able to have lots and lots and lots of money. I implore you again to consider that the government is just playing in our face and somebody needs to get slapped up. Um, so I guess that's that All I have for So You Mad I'll just jump to Straw of the Week A.K.A. Suck Your Mum Very, very quick Very, very simple What's your name? Rupa Huck Or Rupa I think it's Rupa Huck um, She's a Labour Is she a Labour MP? She was um, talking recently About uh, Quasium Clarting That I've just mentioned Quasium Clarting Um making her points about him, but then she decided to then go off on one and I don't really agree. Let me see if I can play this. Hold on. Oh, wrong one. Black man, but I'm sorry if I was not making myself Very expensive yeah. prep school all the way through the top schools in the country. If you hear him on the Today program, you wouldn't know he's black. 
What? What? So that was said by Huck, um, the MP for Ealing Central and Acton. Um, she made the comment about uh, Quasi Quarteng at a Labour conference fringe event um, on Monday, just gone. It was called, what was it called? What's next for Labour's agenda on race? And uh, when we keep talking about how, and this is why people don't like the term BAME. This is why we don't like political blackness, right? Because non-black people of color will just stretch their throats to say the most anti-black things. And then you feel like you have the freedom to be saying that, like, shut the fuck up. Shut up. How dare you have me defending a raggedy hoe with a discombobulated hairline such as that? How dare you? I'm furious. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you as a Labour Party member. Like, what is this? The anti-blackness is getting wasser. Stay in your lane. Always understand that no matter how black people adjacent you are, you're not black people. You're not. And when you ask yourself, what exactly are you even saying about black people? You said that he can't. That well, How did she phrase it? She said, um, he went to Eton. I think he went to every expensive prep school. If you hear him on the Today program, you wouldn't know he's black. Um, you're calling him superficially black. How would you know? What is your business there? What is your business there? If we're going to flog him, let us flog him. You, you stay out of it. Understand that sometimes some conversations are intracommunal. We're not asking you to come and put your mouth in. Oh, because he's well-spoken Because the rest of us are mad, Abby The rest of us, we don't know how to put sentences together And this is a problem When people keep um, synonymizing um, Having some sort of articulation or eloquence With whiteness Just because we're using the English language To convey our common sense Like, mind out before you actually have to find out And now you've been suspended Now you've been suspended Because you should have minded your fucking business why are you talking? It just goes to show how you view black people Where you're like, oh, Quasi, uh, Quasi can't be black Oh, he's superficially black Because he speaks like this And he went to these schools And he did this and he did that Attending all of those things does not take away from his blackness It doesn't We can have other conversations about what, what this and that But those things definitely aren't for you to decide what what therefore is extricated from his blackness You don't get to, you don't get to decide that Stay in your fucking lane Because that's how you lost brethren Was that in that, that time saying Karen with a hard R And you were jumping to the defense of her You ugly garden gnome looking person You were now jumping to the defense of her You don't People need to learn to stay in their lane No matter how much you feel like you're part of the crew You're not the crew You can be loving the crew But you're not the crew Stay in your lane Same way I wouldn't come and stretch my lips into your business I'll let you handle that It's just Honestly You got what you got And and I think that this bodes for a very interesting conversation About racism and anti-blackness within the Labour Party We're calling for a general election General election Keir Starmer is an op they're bare ops in the Labour Party. I don't like Angela Rayner. I don't like Jess Phillips. I, uh, this one now, this Rupert, is it? Don't like you either. I don't like you lot. 
yet because of the way that everything's structured, what, you're the next person that I need to vote for, even though the leader of your party is a fucking op. We're stuck between a rock and a hard place. And this is what I mean. I, do, I don't want to live a life of voting for the lesser of two evils from when you're all evil. And, and I can't even see which one is lesser because the pressure is getting worse. I hate it here. Oh, so yeah, Rupert, go suck out, suck out, suck out. Yeah, use a red and white labor straw and go suck out. Um, what's next? Well, my last straw of the week goes out to Joe Budden because for some reason you lot refuse to to you quote unquote cancel Joe Budden. You've refused to hold Joe Budden to account, and I just don't get it. I don't get it. Also, a suck your mom, a suck your mum to the um, suicide bomber who blew himself up in the middle of a crowded classroom um, in Kabul, in West Kabul, um, earlier on today. Uh, well, no, not earlier on today. Um, a few days ago, I'm reading this from when it was written. Um, he blew himself up in the midst of girls who were waiting to take their practice exams, and it just goes to show you that um, people really don't want freedom for women. They don't want women. I've talked about this. I talked about this at the live show and we've got to consider all of the ways that women and girls are being stopped from having any sort of autonomy and agency in this society. Like men literally killing themselves because they do not and killing women and girls because they don't want you to have anything that in, um, that looks like freedom. It's a madness. Um, so a big suck your mum to whoever that was that did that and the systems that allow for that to take place you can suck out forever um I was looking for yeah here we go yeah back to uh, Joe Budden I don't know what it's going to take at this point for you lot to take it seriously that this man is dangerous he's not even that cute he's not even that fucking cute he always looks tired he always looks like he only managed to get three and a half hours of sleep what is attractive about him and he looks like his breath stinks that beard doesn't make me think that he's, he he looks like his breath is hot. How can you just constantly look like you've only had three and a half hours of sleep? Nah. Anyway, let's hear what he said. Hold on. The lambskin. <laughs> <laughs> what? I have no idea knowing. Joe, you, you do the. And even I done walked in the corner and fake like I was putting a condom on before. <laughs> <laughs> be working what they're none the wiser (laughs) what do you mean what yes i did that you you faked the put one thousand percent that was that was my that was my poor i'm asking that was my poor execution of my of my plan after i mastered it which was to just bust through the lambskin Let me go find. I don't know if I ever use a lamp. Let me go find the thinnest condom in the world. You you, you bastard doing that? Huh? (laughs) Bust through it? You plan to bust? Yeah, I'm not having it. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, what? Oh, man, this guy. Yo, you're a sicko. For real, yo. No, I used to be. Oh, okay. Please don't. One time time for growth. Please don't misrepresent me. Uh, (laughs) Please don't misrepresent me. Are you a fucking idiot? Are you a fucking idiot? You just said, you said on your own podcast, you said on your own podcast that you fe- you went in a corner and faked putting on a condom. That is rape. That's stealthing. That is rape. You faked putting on a condom 
and then and then went and had sex with the person. Why is it so difficult for you to want to wear that? And if you're doing that all around the place, you're putting somebody else's health at risk because you just want to feel the juice. You want to feel the quint. You want to feel the quinting so badly that you will lie about putting on a condom. And then you say, then you go and find the thinnest condom possible, possible. So with the intention of breaking that condom while it's in the person, that is disgusting behavior. And then they're saying, oh, please don't, don't misrepresent me. I used to be a sicko. You're still very much a sicko because you're bringing up the story right now for Kiki's and ha-ha's. And then look, these are the same guys. These are the same men that will be like, oh, we hold each other accountable in private, but you're laughing like fucking idiots with him as he's telling this story. That's not okay. There's nothing funny about that. You lot are tapped. You lot are fucking tapped. You're not all right. You're not okay. Now they've gone ahead and edited that part out of his uh, most recent episode or whenever it was. They've managed to edit it out and take it. But I'm glad that people still kept that recording so people could hear what he said. This is the man that you lot find entertaining. This is the man that you're running down to listen to his fucking podcast. You disgust me. Like, have standards. I told Lorna to stand up. You lot stand the fuck up over this tired looking motherfucker that looks like he's got hot breath is what you're like, you're, you're, you're imbibing, you're, you're absorbing this fuckery that he's saying on his podcast. For what? He beat a pregnancy out of his ex-girlfriend and you are still there laughing with him because he's light skinned. I don't get it. What, what is it about him that means that all of the violent things that he does, like you lot will excuse it. Check yourself. Check yourself because, oh, as long as you find this guy attractive, as long as you find this guy entertaining, the problem is with you. I will say that with all of my chest. Anybody who finds Joe Budden entertaining or attractive in any sort of way, you are sick. Like you are not okay. You're not okay. You're not all right. This is disgusting. Joe Budden, go and suck out for an eternity. Anybody who condones this behavior, you go and suck your mother's dry too. You can pretend to use a straw or not. That is your fucking business. But anyway, that's that for this week's episode. I feel like I've covered all of the things. Um, And I guess, yeah, I'll be back next week. Like I said, that um, affirmation cards will be out on Wednesday. There'll be links to any books that I think I've mentioned. I should have that in the notes. Um, Big up Chinny and Astrid for um, It's a Continent, their book. Um, And yeah, I'm sure I've forgotten something. I'm sure I have. But look, I did it. I made the episode. So I'll catch you on the flip side. And no, that was even too early, wasn't it? Let me do the whole thing. You've been listening to Kaleshi Okafor and this has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right, Suck Your Mom. Anyway, that's it. Catch you on the flip side. Peace. It's the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Baby sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time's calling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind